apostle, prophet, pastor, teacher, and um, he's uh, blessed us so much already, and we so value what God has departed in his life, and I just want us to pray, Father, as our guest and this man of God comes to share this morning, I thank you for every expectant heart. We believe in God that you alone will receive all the honor. And Jesus will be the one that is seen in and through our brother's life and ministry and everything he says. Let the anointing of the Spirit of God be fresh upon him. And may we as people indeed hear what the Spirit would say to the church. In the precious name of Jesus, amen. Brother Russell, come. It's an honor to be here this morning. I'm a firm believer that everything God does is in timing. When God releases a word in season, there's a realm in the atmosphere that even the enemy has to bow. And when God's word is spoken, it gives us the ability to expect This morning, I would like you to grab your neighbor's hand. We're going to be a family. Grab your neighbor's hand, please. Everybody grab your neighbor's hand. And just bow your heads in a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, as for me, that utterance may be given unto me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mysteries of the gospel. For I'm an ambassador and bound, therefore I speak as art. You said, if I open my mouth, you would fill it. Father, I know nothing among you people save Jesus to Christ. I am crucified. I come not with enticing words of my own wisdom, but a demonstration of your spirit and power that the faith may rest in God and not in man. The spirit of the Lord is upon me for you have anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, have sent me to heal the broken heart, to preach deliverance to the captive, recover sight of the blind, set of freedom those who are bruised. Preach the sympathy of the Lord's favor. Father, bend in glory, honor, and your praise this morning. Let it go to Calvary. Spirit of the living God, Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on us this morning, that when the dust clears, the only one standing is Jesus. As for articulation, specifics, and the revelatory word to set the captive free. Now, Lord, you said if I go preaching your word, you will go with me, confirm your word with signs following. I expect it because one soul is worth it all. I'm not going to take a lot of time because I want to present to you something that I believe that most Christians need to understand. When we think about the power of God, a lot of times we think about the power of God for certain people or certain ministries or certain people who flow in certain areas. But this morning, I'm going to teach you about the God kind of faith. Now, the God kind of faith is no doubt. When you understand that God can't lie, he won't lie and will not lie, that gives you the opportunity to operate in the realm that God has for you. So if you would, would you turn to Genesis chapter 1? And these are some of the scriptures that you might not have. (laughs) Genesis chapter 1, starting in verse 1. In the beginning, God created the heaven and earth, and the earth was without form and void, and the darkness on the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the deep, of the waters. And God said, Let there be light, and there was light, and God saw the light that it was good, and God divided the light from the darkness, and God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. So the evening and the morning was the first day. Go down to verse 26 of the same chapter. 
Then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds and over the air, over the cattle and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created him, male and female created he them. Chapter 2, verse 7. And this is what it says. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed in his nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living soul. This is the first part. See, you have to understand when God, when he said, let there be light in the Hebrew is Yahi. So God said, Yahi. That means be light. There was not let there be. When God speaks something, it has to come to pass. So when he said, Yahi, be light, light was. Now, we have to realize that everything that God spoke in creation means that he brought into existence. So God created or brought things into existence based on what? His spoken word. Now, he spoke into the darkness, and the darkness comprehended night, so the darkness had to give way to the light. So here is God speaking, and therefore, notice he said the evening and the morning was the first day. Most Christians think that it has to be the daytime to be blessed. But see, he started in the evening. See, in the dark times where you might be going through something right now, God wants you to know to him there is no darkness. Okay, I got one right. No. And so what God says, he said, what I'm going to do, I'm going to make you in my image and my likeness. What I'm going to do is that I'm going to give you the ability to do what I do. Speak. And when you speak, you have to expect as God expected. And so God said, I made him in his images like the other way. He gave him his characteristics. So he took the characteristics and put it in man. So I want to show you because I like illustrations because this is what I do when I go around the world. <clears throat> Can we, Roger, come up? No, better yet, pastor, because he's the man. He's the head of this church. But Roger, open this water for him. Now you stand right there, Roger. Now the Bible said that God formed man in the dust of the ground. I have preached and I heard people, people preach that God created man from the dust of the ground. That's not true. He formed. See, this glass have a form. Hold it up so they can see it, Pastor. But without water in it, it's just a glass. So what God did, he formed man of the dust of the ground and he took out of himself, poured the water and he poured it into man. Stop. See, what we have to realize, God took of himself and the man had a body, he had everything, but he did not have breath. And so God said, what I'm going to do, I'm going to take my own spirit and I'm going to put it into this earth. And when he did, man became a living soul. So now man has the right to be just like the one who's in him. Can I get an amen? Hey, y'all looking at me. Don't give me that kind of look. You're like, eh, that Canadian. See, but what God said, see, but most Christians, we don't realize what's in us. See, you're not just, a, you're just not just born to be born. You are born to do something great for the kingdom of God. You have a destiny and there's nothing that the enemy can bring into your life that can defeat you once you understand what's in you. 
See, God said, what I'm going to do, I'm going to give you the ability to be just like me. So what he did, he poured himself into man. Pour some more in there. Stop. Can I see that? That's refreshing. See, because God's trying to tell you, you got something to offer to somebody else. Somebody else is thirsty. Somebody else needs to know that God can heal. Somebody needs to know that God is greater than anything. That, see, but we want to keep it to ourselves. Oh, that's good. Thank you. Y'all can be seated. So you have to realize that God took himself. He said, what I'm going to do, I'm going to breathe into him. And the Bible says he became a living soul. The soul is made up three things according to First Thessalonians 2, 5.23. We are a spirit, we have a soul, and we live in a body. So God said, this is what I want you to do. I want you to speak. And Adam started to speak with authority and dominion because he was speaking as the one who was in him. But what happens when the enemy comes? I'm writing my second book. It's called The Power to Choose. Have you ever thought the word dominion in the Hebrew is rodah? Supreme authority to walk on or trample underfoot. So when God gave him rodah, he gave him the ability to overcome everything that was on the earth. Because the same authority that was in heaven now was residing in the, in the earth. So it wasn't just he just gave him dominion. He gave him the power and the authority to do the same thing that he did in heaven and earth. But have you ever thought, why didn't God tell Adam about Satan? I asked the Lord, I said, why you didn't ever tell him about Satan? Now you put him in a garden. You form him. You breathe in him. But you never tell him about the enemy. You know why? Why would God have to tell him about the enemy if he's already defeated? Okay, let me say that in Japanese. Why do God have to tell him, come on. <laughs> you guys, oh my gosh. I know I'm from America, but love me some. I mean, like, if, if, just say ouch. I mean, just say God bless you, you know. They, they, they what? They Canadians, they polite. Okay. I won't say nothing because I got to leave from Tuesday. But why would God not tell? See, because why would God have to tell you about something that's already defeated? I told you last yesterday, there's only one part of the human anatomy of the physical body that a man, the enemy has a right to see. And that's the bottom of your feet. The enemy is defeated. But see, if you don't understand the rodah, if you don't understand the authority that you have, our young people are caught up by drugs and alcohol. We need a message that will reach the young people and tell them that God is able. See, because in America, when you deal with gang members, we had a meeting with all the gang members. You got the Bloods, the Crips, you got the 13th Street, this and that. You got people, I mean, and here the church full of gang members. 
And I come and they got their colors on, Pastor, and they got their pants hanging down like the monkeys, you know, trying to walk like this. You know, come on now, why you look? They, you, if you told them to wear their pants like that, they wouldn't even do it. And they sitting there and they slump down. And they look, and I walk in, and I say, "Take off your colors, take off those hats, take." And guys, he said, "Vato, who you think you are?" Hey, I need to understand what Vato mean. Uh, say no. And I say, look, I got a 66 Magnum up in here. He said, man, what's a 66 Magnum? I never heard of a 66 Magnum. I mean, 44 Magnum and 66 Magnum. I said, yes. And I held up my Bible. <laughs> and I told him all my shells is loaded. At the end of the service, every last one of them gave their life to the Lord. You know what they told me? We love you because you don't preach at us. You spoke to us. We have our young people. They hear us speaking at them instead of to them. Just a quick testimony. First time in Arizona. I'm in the back and a young lady comes and I lead her to Christ. The God kind of faith. The next night I'm in the back waiting to come out. And the Lord said the young lady came to kill you today. She has a a gun in the back of her pants. And she told her friend I'm going to shoot him tonight and kill him. Now I'm in the back. Didn't see her. I come out pastor. I look at her and say oh how are you doing tonight? She said I'm fine. Hmm. So, can I talk to you? She said, yes. I say, so you, the gun that you have in the back of your pants because you told your friend before you came to church that you're going to shoot me tonight and kill me in front of everybody. And she looked at me. She said, come on up here. Give me your gun. She said, how did you know? I told her outside. See, you got to understand that there's a power that's greater than anything that can come against you. But you have to understand the God kind of faith give you the right to speak and things change. See, but we look at God kind of faith with certain men and women of God. But let's look at some scriptures. Can we do that, please? So first of all, we need to understand that God gave you dominion. Say dominion. Dominion. Say Rhoda. It's yours. You don't have to be a prophet or apostle. You don't have to. You can be a school teacher. You can be a housewife. You can be a student and walk in the same authority and dominion. It's what's in you. Turn to Isaiah chapter 55. And I'm not going to be long because I know we need to be done by 12 so you guys can get your meal. Isaiah chapter 55. Starting in verse 1. Ho, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. And you who have no money, come and buy and eat. Yes, come buy wine and milk without money and without price. Why do you spend money for what is not bread? For your wages, for what does it not satisfy? Listen carefully to me and eat what is good. And let your soul delight itself in abundance. 
Incline your ear and come to me. Hear and your soul shall live. Hmm. And I will make an everlasting covenant with you. The sure mercies of David. Hallelujah. Let's go to verse 6. And this is what it says. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. So that means he says seek him while he may be found. Because there's going to come a time when you won't be able to find him. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord and he will have mercy on him and our God. For he will abundantly pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts nor my ways your ways, saith the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways hiding your thoughts and my, my ways are hiding your ways and my thoughts are hiding your thoughts. And have you ever heard that saying, you know what? You know what, we, we just can't comprehend the thoughts of God. You know, God's thoughts are not our thoughts, his ways are not our ways. Have you ever heard that? Have any Christians ever said that? Let's be honest. Thank you. I got one man, mm-hmm. I got one man raise hand. Think about this. But that's not true. See, because if you've been forgiven and pardoned, he's not talking to you, he's talking to the wicked and unrighteous. That's what it says. What is a wicked man? One who actually operates in his ways. What's the unrighteous man? One who actually lives by his thoughts. That's opposite of God. So he said, let the wicked forsake his ways and unrighteous his thoughts. God is telling you, but if you've been forgiven, according to Philippians 2.5, let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus. Isaiah 26.3 says, he will keep us in perfect peace as our mind is stayed on Stayed on. Stayed on. Come on, stayed on. And I'm going to show you why so many Christians don't have what they speak. Because they think that they're still wicked and they're unrighteous. But you've been forgiven. Yes, you have made mistakes. So have I. Yes, you have fallen short. So have I. Yes, you might have not done it right all the way. So have I. But guess what? But you've been forgiven because of the blood and because of the cross. You don't have to continue to live in sin just because your family think you missed it. Just because people say you missed it. You have the right to be what God called you to be. Wow. I told him yesterday, I feel like I'm in England. Wow. <clears throat> Let's read. Verse 10. For as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven, and do not return there, but water the earth and make it bring forth and bud. And it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So shall my words go out from my mouth. It shall not return to me void. But it accomplish what I please and prosper in thing I sent it. That's God speaking, right? Okay, y'all can talk. Is that God speaking? Is that God speaking? One more time. Is that God speaking? No. Is you. See, we think we're waiting for God to speak. Come here. You stand right there, ma'am. You. Yes, yes, you. See, we're waiting for God to speak. But you remember when I poured the water in the glass? So that means what was in the glass came from the bottle. 
And if God is in you, he's not talking about God speaking. It's the God that's in you that's speaking. So God said, when you speak my word. See, we're waiting for God. Oh, God, speak something special to me. Say something to me. And we run and we're waiting. And God said, but why are you waiting when I'm in you just like I'm in them? Canada, are y'all hearing me? Y'all mighty quiet. But see, the problem with most Christians is this. You're waiting for somebody to prophesy to you. You're waiting for somebody to lay hands on you. You're waiting for somebody to do something special. And God is telling you, in you is the same thing that's in me, that's in him, that's in her. The same God, the same Holy Spirit, the same word, the same blood, the same resurrection. But we're waiting. Say Jesus. Jesus. He said, my word will not go out from me, come back to me void. And when you have the life of God in you, it's the same way if God speaks. Because the word you speak is not yours, it's his. And therefore, God has to do exactly what he said he would do. If he said you're healed, what do you say? I'm healed. If God said you're delivered, what do you say? I'm delivered. Now, guess what? Why are you waiting for somebody when you have the same expectation as the one who actually spoke? I'm going to hurry up because you guys, y'all look like y'all want to kill me. See, because the problem is this, too many Christians don't realize God is waiting for us to speak. God is waiting for us to say. God is waiting for us to act. And we're still waiting and we say, God, I'm not going to move until you speak. God, I'm not going to do anything until I hear your voice. You know who's the greatest prophet besides Jesus? You want to know who? Put your hand on your chest. It's you. See, you waiting for somebody to come with a title. <laughs> and God trying to tell you, it's not about a title, baby. It's about understanding who's in you. And so what he's saying is this. He said, look, now guess what? He said, you can buy milk, food, and everything without money. What is greater than money? Your words. Your words. What you speak has more value than money. But we're trying to, trying to, oh my God, wait till I get paid. Guess what? I don't have to wait till I get paid. Because he said he'll supply all my needs according to his riches and glory. So guess what? I don't care if they don't give me a check. The word of God said that he's already supplied it, baby. So guess what? I'm going to act like it's mine. But no, you don't understand. They're going to give you a pink slip. They're going to fire you. But guess what? If he fired me, guess what? They're already looking to hire me. See, God is trying to tell you what's in your mouth. I'm almost done. And God's trying to tell you Calgary, trying to tell you family. Because that's what y'all are family before you Northwest. You're family. Family, you have the right to speak with the expectation that God cannot fail. He cannot lie. He will not lie. And he won't lie. But if you don't realize it, you say you speak with such passion because guess what? I understand it. I live it. I was telling the pastors yesterday. I was talking to a man of God. I say the difference between me and you, 
You read the book of Acts, I live it. See, the book of Acts has not be, stopped being written. You still have a destiny. God still got something for this church and ministry. And even though you might not see a whole crowd, but guess what? In the spirit, this place is already filled. And guess what? If even if somebody get up and it's just them two, God will still bring even more. See, because God is trying to tell you, guess what? Speak! And it won't come back void. So we're going to hurry up. Go to Ezekiel. Chapter 37. The God kind of faith. Tell somebody the God kind of faith. Come on, look at somebody and say the God kind of faith. Come on, look at somebody and tell them the God kind of faith. Now, I, I can tell you, I don't even have to look out. Half of you not even saying it. See, but the thing about is this. You want God to bless you, but you don't want to be obedient. It's the simple things that God does. Nairobi, Kenya, in Africa, Church of 2000. Lord told me, he said, just start a pat in your chest. Half of them wouldn't do it. I said, God said, just start a pat in your chest. Then more of them started. Before we knew it, everybody was patting their chest. All of a sudden, miracles started taking place. People started getting healed. People started getting delivered. And they said, why? I said, because you obeyed. See, the simple things, the church people, we want to do things hard. But we ask something simple. If the pastor tells you, okay, I need you to be at 930, why do we come at 10? Oh. Oh, see, one thing about me, I, I don't play games because the hour's too late. You can't continue to play with the enemy because guess what? After a while, he's going to come for you. And if you're only a Sunday servant, think about this. What if God was only a Sunday God? And the only time he blessed you is when you came to church. If he didn't wake you up this morning, you wouldn't be able to be here. If God didn't give you the strength, you wouldn't be able to work a job. If God wasn't good, your child wouldn't be in the right mind. And think about if God was just a one-time God. It's time for the church and the body of Christ to realize that God is shaking the tree. He's looking for fruit, baby. But God is trying to tell you, and I'm saying this in love, because there's going to come a storm, and some storms are coming to your country like in America. But you got to know that you have a voice, you have a word, you have authority, you have dominion. And when the devil comes, you're not running, you're chasing him and say, look here, baby, I ain't afraid of you. Guess what, cancer? You have no authority here. Guess what, sugar diabetes? Uh-uh. And guess what, my family will serve the Lord, and my marriage will not be destroyed. And when you started speaking with that kind of authority, then guess what happened? And you tell my children, guess what? You will be blessed. You will do what God asks you to do. You will get off drugs. You won't be on alcohol. Come on. I'm telling you. And see, most people think that ministry, I preach in front of crowds. I'm getting ready to go to Peru in three weeks. A crowd of 19,000. And people say, oh, that must be men. No. If you can't reach the young people, if you can't reach the older people, if you don't understand one soul is worth it all, what good is to stand in front of a multitude of people and not have a message that can change your life? Did y'all find, I know y'all probably got up there, y'all found Ezekiel? Chapter 37, verse 1. And the Lord of, the hand of the Lord was up on me. He brought me out in the spirit of the Lord. And he set me down in the midst of valley, and it was full of bones. Then he caused me to pass by them all around. 
And behold, there was very many in the open valley, and indeed they were very dry. And he said to me, Son of man, can these bones live? And so I answered, Lord God, you know. Again, he said to me, prophesy, speak to these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus say the Lord God to these dry bones, surely I will cause breath to enter into you and you shall live. I will put sinews in you and bring flesh upon you, cover you with skin and put breath in you and you shall live. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied and spoke as he commanded. And as I prophesied, there was a noise and suddenly a rattling and bones to bones came together. Indeed, as I looked, the sinews and the flesh came upon them, and the skin covered them over, but there was no breath in them. And he said to me, prophesy, speak to the breath. Prophesy, speak, son of man, and say to the breath, thus saith the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath, breathe on these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and breath came unto them, and they lived and stood on their feet, an exceedingly great army. And they stood on their feet, an exceedingly great army. And they stood on their feet, an exceedingly great army. And they stood on their feet, an exceedingly great army. And they stood on their feet. An exceedingly great army. And they stood on their feet. An exceedingly great army. And they stood on their feet. An exceedingly great army. Guess what? God's trying to tell you in Calgary. and this church. Stand on your feet. God has given you a breath. You're not going to die. You will live. You will see your children blessed. You will see your marriages restored. You will see. But God said you got to stand on your feet. And let the enemy know. Exceedingly great army. Now watch what he says. Stay standing. He says, Son of man, these are the bones of the whole house of Israel. They indeed say, Our bones are dry and our hope is lost. And we ourselves are cut off. How many of you have actually spoke opposite of God's word? How many of you have actually spoke more what the doctor said more than what God said? How many of you spoke more what the economy said than what God said he would do for you? How many of you have spoken more about the children, what they're doing and not doing, instead of what God called them to do? And we say, God, I want you to bless them. He said, but stop speaking opposite of what I say. We're almost done. Therefore, prophesy, speak, and say to them, Thus saith the Lord, and that's why I'm here today. I'm speaking to you as a prophet of the most high God to tell you it's time for you to come out your graves. It's time for you to come out that self-pity and get to a place where you recognize no matter what the enemy brings into your life, he cannot defeat you. Nothing. Because you're more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus. He said prophesy to them, speak to them. Thus said the Lord God, behold, Behold, Northwest Family Church, I will open your graves and cause you to come out from your graves. And I will bring you into the land that I promised. Then you shall know that I am the Lord when I have opened your graves and all my people and brought you up out of your graves. And I will put my spirit, the Holy Spirit, I will put my spirit in you and you shall live. And I will place you in your own land. God said, I got a promise for this church. I got a promise for the people. I got a place for you. And no matter what the enemy says, you do not have to worry because God is faithful. Now listen to what he says. Then shall you know that the Lord has spoken 
it and perform this, saith the Lord. You may be seated. Can I get a tissue? Then you shall know. Now notice, he didn't say anything about Ezekiel. Notice, God didn't say anything about Ezekiel. He said, then you will know that I have performed it. So can I show you how this works so we can move on? The God kind of faith. Come on, pastor. Stand down there. I'm going to show you the simplest faith. And I was sharing with them, we've seen 11 people raised from the dead in our ministry. Blind eyes open, deaf ears unstopped. They've been with me. We've seen the lame walk. We've seen great miracles. And people ask me, well, are you special? Some people say, well, you're the black Benny Hinn. I'm not Benny Hinn. (laughs) But we have the same Holy Spirit. See, when we get caught up on stars and forget about the only star, and his name is Jesus. So this is what God, can I show you the simplest form of faith? Are y'all sure? Now, this is the simplest form of faith, and this is how I operate in faith. God said, I speak, you repeat, I complete. Did you catch that? God said, I speak, you repeat, then God complete. See, you're waiting for something supernatural. God said, the only thing I need you to do is to repeat what I said. He told Ezekiel, he didn't tell Ezekiel, I want you to go into those bones and I want you to lay hands. He said, the only thing I want you to do is believe what I say. And when you repeat what I say, then I'll do what I say. So what I want you to understand, every word that God speaks is full of faith. So God say, be healed. Be healed. Who has the last word? Between us two, who has the last word? Who has the last word between me and him? Okay, who does? He does? No, he doesn't. Because if I didn't speak it, he couldn't speak it. See, God's trying to tell you, you're still looking at somebody else. He's trying to tell you, guess what? It's what's in you that has the last word. So God say, live. Live. Then what do you do? Now, y'all getting confused? Y'all like, we're confused. See, the reason why y'all confused, because you don't understand what's in you. See, when he speaks, it's not him speaking, it's the God that's in him. So the only thing he's doing is taking the word and repeating what God said. See, because God said, look here, turn around, face the people. God needed somebody in the earth because he couldn't just step out of heaven and do what he wanted to because that means that he lied. That means Adam never had dominion. So God couldn't do that. So what God had to do, he had to find somebody in the earth that will repeat as he spoke. And then when they repeat what he said, they give God the right to do exactly what he said in the earth. So God needed earth to speak to earth. So God say, prophesy. The word prophesy, that means speak. And the only thing he told him to do is this. 
We only got one mic, right? We got another mic. We're almost done. It's five minutes to 12. You're going to be out. Just hold it. Okay. No, just turn it on. You don't have to put it on. Just hold it. Yes, you can just speak into it. So now this is what God says. Why would God ask you a question you already had an answer to? Because he needs somebody in the earth to speak like he spoke. Be healed. Be healed. Then I mean God has the right to heal you. Be delivered. Be delivered. Then God has the right to deliver you. Be prosperous. Be prosperous. Then God has the right to prosper you. Because now the voice of God is now in you. And you're in the earth. So now you can speak to the earth. And as you speak to the earth, therefore God has to do what he said in the earth. So the simplest form of faith is this. Repeat. Say glory. Glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Who has the last word? God. No. You. Oh. You remember when I poured the water in the glass? The water was part of the Come on. Say it again. The God that's in you is not the God that's in you. It's the word of God that's in you. You're repeating what his word says. If God said, by his stripes you're healed, what do you say? By his stripes I'm healed. Then who has the last word? Oh, now you're catching it. Yeah. Now you're catching it. See, you're still waiting. You know why? Because we look at God up there. But when he becomes your father, he's in there. Oh, God, where are you? He said, but I'm right here. But I'm not your God. I'm your father. Now watch this. I want you to do. I want you to go down there and stand by the plant. Stop. Turn around. Now, where, notice where I'm at. Where am I at? Here? You're with him. He's with you. When God tells you to do something, you're not going on your own. The one that's speaking to you is in you. So you carry him with you. When you go to the grocery store, he's with you. When you go downtown, he's with you. When you go into the hospital, he's with you. And guess what? When God speaks to you, he gives you the right to do something you could not do. The last two things I'm going to deal with. You remember when Peter walked on the water? Mm-hmm. Do y'all remember that? Yes. Okay. Canada, do y'all remember that? Yes. Are you sure? Did Peter walk on the water? No. (laughs) Peter never walked on the water. Because water does not have the ability to sustain you. Peter walked on the word come. Yeah, amen. When Jesus tells you to come, it gives you the ability to do something you could not do on your own. He said, Peter, come. And when Peter stepped out, he walked on the word of Jesus. 
And if you carry the word of Jesus, guess what? That gives you the right to do something you couldn't do yourself. Let me hurry up. So, Pastor, see Jesus. Pardon me. See that right there. Right there. Jesus. <laughs> Heal my ears. Okay. Jesus. There you go. I notice you have a hearing aid in that right ear. Both ears. Both ears. See, he's a God of more than enough. He's a God of miracles. You know why? Because I believe that if you speak his word, he has to complete his word because his word is in us. You say, but what happens if you pray for him, he don't hear right away? Why did God take six days to create the earth? Process. It can be now or later still God. Now watch this. Come have a seat, Pastor. I'm just building your faith, okay? The last two scriptures we're going to deal with. What is my subject? Thank you, I got one person. Look at your neighbor and say the God kind of faith. Look at your person next to you and say the God kind of faith. Because I, I'm believing God for the supernatural today. Pastor, have you ever been able to hear without those? You able to hear without them? How good? How well? How well can you hear? Without them? So if you took them out, you'd be able to hear me? Oh, if I take them out, I'll be able to hear you, but not that well. No, I'll be able to hear you. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, okay, am I preaching okay? Because I, I must be speaking another language. I'm like, oh my God, we just talked about that. You just, ah. Uh, <laughs> Yes, I did. Take this Roger and tie it around his wrist. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Mark 11, chapter 11, verse 11, start off. And when Jesus went into Jerusalem, he went into the temple, so he had looked around at all those, all those things, as the hour was already late. And he went out into Bethany with the twelve. Verse 12. Now the next day they had come to out of Bethany and he was hungry and seeing from afar a fig tree having leaves and he went to see if happily he would find something on it. And when he came to it, he found nothing but leaves for it was not the season for figs. In response, Jesus said to it, let no man eat fruit from it ever again. And the disciples heard it. Now notice, trees don't have a voice. So why would Jesus respond with a voice? Because the actions was not right. Let's go to verse 20. Now in the morning as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. And Peter remembering said to him, Rabbi, look. 
The fig tree has, which you curse, has withered away. Now listen to verse 22. So Jesus answered, said to him, have faith in God. The original Greek says, have the faith of God. For surely I say to you, whosoever say to this mountain, raise your hand if you use it, whosoever. Okay, how many Americans we have here besides me? I knew you was. I knew you was a woman of God. Any other body? <laughs> oh, look at you. Oh, it's three of us. Anybody else? See, the Bible's a three-quart rope. It's not easily broken. So we got three Americans. <laughs> now watch this. He said, "But whosoever say unto this mountain, say unto this mountain." Notice he didn't say pray. The problem with Christians, we pray about the mountain still speaking to it. Whoever says this mountain, be thou removed and cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart. What is the God kind of faith? No doubt. And your heart is your spirit, man. Because that's what God put in you. But doubt not in his heart, but believe those things that he what? Come on, come on people. What, what he says. Now why is it that you believe what the doctor says? But yet you won't believe what God says. You say that I have cancer, but God said I'm healed. You say I, I don't have money, and God said I provided for you. You're waiting for something. God said, what's more precious than money? Your words. He said, whosoever say to this mountain, be thou removed and cast into the sea and doubt not in his heart, but believe those things he says. God believed everything he says was going to come to pass. He never spoke anything that he did not desire. And whatever he desired, he spoke. He said, whatsoever you say, believe you receive it and you shall have it. Now watch verse 24 says, so whatsoever you desire when you pray. So why would he say to a mountain, but not pray to a mountain or pray about a mountain? See, sometimes we pray about things that we just need to speak to. But we don't speak because we think that only God can hear us when we pray. But when you operate understanding that he's in you, you stop worrying about praying and you start speaking and expecting. Yeah. Is this good okay? You got you, Because some of y'all give me that look still like, you know, it's always time to go. See, but what I'm trying to tell you, God is trying to tell you. Come here, young man. What is your name? Hudson. Oh, Hudson River. Now watch this. Now, here's Hudson, and here I am. And let's say we're both looking at a mountain. Look at that mountain. Mm -hmm. Now, Hudson understands the God kind of faith. So Hudson has a choice. He can speak or he can pray. Which one do you choose? Choose to speak. Now, he's speaking and seeing the mountain move. But here I am, don't understand what God's given me. So I think I have to pray about everything. And there's nothing wrong with praying. But when do we start to say? So Hudson say, point at that mountain, Hudson, and tell it to be removed. Be removed. And here I am. Oh, God. I don't know if this, this thing is so heavy on me. This mountain. 
There's nothing wrong with praying. But notice, he's pointing at the situation and he doesn't doubt in his heart, his spirit, man. He believes that the same God that said, Yah, he be light, is the same God that's inside of him. And the word of God told him to speak. So therefore, he's speaking what the word said. And when he speaks to the mountain, God has to remove the... Why? Because Hudson understand that was in him. We're still trying to, oh God, please. Hudson ain't saying, please. He's telling the enemy, look here. I got authority. I got dominion. I'm not going to look at cancer. You might have attacked my family. But guess what? I'm going to speak. Instead of praying about it, speak to it. You say, but, 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 but what if it don't move? He said, don't doubt. But see, we doubt. Well, Hudson, you know what? You know, the doctor, come on, son. You know, you only got a couple of weeks to live. And uh, come on, Hudson, you know, you really need to be right with God because it doesn't look well. Sometimes the worst people to have by your side is those who say they are Christians because they've been praying and maybe your family member died. So therefore, you're looking at him and saying to him, your family member going to die too. But guess what? When you get into the realm where you start walking in the spirit and you tell the enemy, guess what? Your family, look, ain't nothing against your family or anything. But guess what? As for me and my house, we're going to speak life. I don't care what the doctor said. Guess what? When they told me my wife was dying with leukemia, I could have said, oh, God, no. I said, look here. She will not die but live and declare the works of the Lord. And when they told us, you know, the chances of her living is not very well. But guess what? What did the word say? The word said, hallelujah, my word is like a hammer that breaketh up fallow ground. What did the word say? I sent my word and healed him. What did the word say? And I had to do like Hudson. I had to point at that mountain. But how many of us? Tell it again. Be removed. Tell it one more time. Be removed. Now notice he's saying it with authority. He didn't say, oh, be removed. Oh, oh, be removed. Oh, my gosh. Come on, come on. Be removed. Come on. Come on. No, he said be removed. Thank you, my friend. So we're almost done. I got one more scripture. So today. I'm going to give you a cloth, those who need to be, need prayer. Acts chapter 19, verse 11 says that by the hands of Paul, special miracles was wrought. See, when you know what God's called you to do, the enemy will do everything to destroy you. A year and a half ago, I was on my way to Georgia to preach. We're in a plane, 33,000 feet in the air, 24 passengers. One of the guys was a Satanist, and he made sure we knew he was a Satanist. We're flying in circles, Pastor. And I'm like, what's going on? What's going on? So I look at the flight attendant. I said, what's going on? She said, and right before she got ready to speak, guess what happened? The pilot came on and said, we're having problems. Now, now you think about, wait a minute. You didn't know we're having problems before we took off the ground? They couldn't close the flaps. So actually, I said, what, what does that mean? She said, I mean, we have to land hot. Land hot? What does that mean, land hot? She said, well, whatever speed we hear, that's the speed we hit the ground. I'm like, what? And everybody started screaming, oh, we're going to die. See, but cool hand Luke over here. <laughs> I 
said, quiet. And everybody stopped. I said, we're not going to die. I got to preach this weekend. <laughs> and they looked at me like I was crazy. I said, we're not going to die because I got to preach this weekend. See, when you understand what God's given you, you don't speak, oh, you speak with authority because it's based on what he said, not what you say. So we hit the ground at whatever speed, at 33,000 feet, we hit the ground. Breaks, and at the end of the runway, there was a forest. They've already called the ambulance and the fire department. Because they already knew that we were going to die. But while we were coming down, the Holy Spirit asked me, he said, what do you say about this? I said, we, not, we shall not die, but we shall live. And not one person will die. This plane will not break up. And the ministering angels will stop us before we hit the end of the runway. We stopped 12 feet from the end of the runway. 12 is the number of governmental authority and spiritual authority. So we turn around. So here I am going to get my bag. This gentleman about six foot three, probably about 225, older gentleman, come running at me. And I'm like, okay. Come on, you don't, you don't know. You don't know. He grabbed me and picked me up. He said, I thank God that you were on the flight. I said, I told you I had to preach this weekend. (laughs) See, but God spare me. I have a saying, one soul is worth it all. And I'm a believer of that. But what I did not know, a woman who had stage four cancer, two weeks to live. I come in, she weighed 83 pounds. And I'm looking at her, and what I'm preaching to you right now, that's what I preached in. And I took one of those hankies and I put it on the Lord said, do not touch her. Just put the hanky on her. And I had to repeat what I said. I said, you need to repeat what the word said. And this is what the word said. I shall not die but live. And she repeated. I said, the Bible tells us he's a God of all flesh. And she repeated. Guess what? She was still 83 pounds. She comes Sunday. She looks skinnier than she did on Friday. I'm like, oh my God. But see, the problem is we started looking instead of believing. She came to service. Holy Spirit said, now tell her, stand to your feet. She stood to her feet. I said, now you are healed. That was a year and a half ago. Did you catch that? She only had two weeks to live. That was a year and a half ago. Yeah, I didn't catch that, did you? <laughs> See, because if you caught it, you, you rejoice. Because if it was you, you want somebody to rejoice with you. She went 130 pounds. I just saw her just a couple of months ago. She said, man of God. And she said, how you doing? I'm, I'm doing all fine. How you doing, girl? <laughs> hmm. Last scripture. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 13. Is, did you guys enjoy it today? Yes. I'm going to say it again in Japanese. Did y'all enjoy it today? Yes. Chapter 4, verse 13. You ready? I want y'all to read it. Go ahead. 
Oh, come on. This time we're all going to read it together because half of you, I didn't hear you. But go. See, because what I'm trying to tell you is this. The same way the man of God is healed and is hearing. If God can heal me of cancer twice and brain aneurysms, if God can raise my wife from leukemia, I shared with him about the woman of God in Japan who was actually dead two days. Spoke to her from Peru over the phone, her dead corpse. When I went back to Japan, guess what? She was alive. I shared with you about the young man who had been dead four days. When I went back from Puerto Rico, he was alive. But see, my mom, I'm the only boy. And my mom died in front of me. Took a last breath. What do you do when your mama died? See, mama's heart to me. And you see her, and she's gone. Holy Spirit said, do not touch her. Speak in, the, speak in your prayer language. Tell your sister to call the ambulance. I tell them to call. It took them 58 minutes to get there. You know, after a certain period of time, you become brain dead. When they came, and she was, why is she? When I started speaking in tongues, I didn't have time to call nobody for prayer meeting. I had to believe. When they came, she was alive. Two weeks later, I'm in a conference. Had a friend from Africa, the pastor up in the pulpit, 82 years old. He dies. They come down and say, Brother Russell, the pastor just died. I said, what do you mean just died? He just died. So I go up, and there's a pulpit full of men of God. In the name of Jesus. And they scream. Why? You ain't got to scream the name of Jesus. Just know what you got. In the name of Jesus. I said, excuse me. They said, who do you think you are? I said, I'm the one that's running this. The Lord said, he has a pacemaker. And it stopped. So I looked at him and said, he has a pacemaker? He said, yeah, nobody knows that but the family. Lips blue, just dead. So the Lord said, this is what I want you to do. I want you to put your hands on his chest and say, Jesus. I did. He jumped. Still dead. Third, second time, boom. Third time, boom. Then the Lord said, I want you I want you to put your hands on his head and call for the four winds of the Holy Spirit to come. And when I did, guess what? He came back to life. I took my hands off. He died. The Lord said, did I tell you to take your hands off of him? When the paramedics got there, which took an hour and 20 minutes, I'm like, what kind of paramedics are you guys? They take y'all that long, y'all right down the street. When they got there, he was in the aisle, dancing in the spirit, totally healed. So you say, Brother Russell, what are you trying to say? I'm trying to tell you, the God kind of faith is not for Russell Blackman, not for Americans, it's for all God's people. Now, to show you, ooh, I feel the the anointing to believe God for the... See, but the thing about it is according to your faith. You know what? People can be healed. But you know what he said? Jesus spoke to the tree and walked away. The tree didn't die right away. But when he came back, it was dead. Pastor, stand on there. Hallelujah. Now, I know you guys probably don't have church this long, so you know, just bear with the American just for a moment. Come here, Roger. This is my spiritual son from Argentina. Him and my spiritual daughter, Megan. We've been together. We've seen some miracles. 
Now, take that instead. His voice, his voice. Roy, turn around. Roy, turn around. 
Roy, turn around. Roy. Roy. Russell. Roy. Russell. Summit? <laughs> Kevin. Kevin. Turn around and see where he's at. Where's he at? <laughs> Praise God. Now, wait, 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 wait. Now, let me ask you a question, because your hearing is going to continue to develop even at a greater measure, where you're going to be able to hear with preciseness. But without those ear, whatever they call it, earplugs, hearing aids, earplugs, that's what they earplugs, they plug your ears from hearing. Could you hear from that distance? Before? No. You sure? Yeah. Without, without those? No, I could not. So now... Let me ask you a question. Look at the people. Would you consider that a miracle? Would you consider it a miracle? I sure would. Now think about this. Now he got a miracle because he's the pastor. No. He received his miracle because he believed the word. Sister Marilyn. Started speaking to him, you know, without those things in his ears. Say, honey. Now, he might try to, like, he probably hear you say, honey, but like, I can't hear you. Honey. honey. 
You hear me talking to you? What? You say, come to dinner? What? Sister Marilyn, stand. Show them what you have in your hand. He's the God of miracles. Are y'all ready for prayer? So we can let y'all go home. But listen to me very carefully. I don't care what the doctor said. I don't care what the test says. I don't care what your body says. Start speaking what God says. Put that scripture up one more time. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 13. And we're all going to read it together. We all going to read it together. Come on. For the Lord would say, Son, not only I'm opening your ears physically, but spiritually to a deeper realm of understanding that I am the God that's greater than anything that can come against you. For I open your ears to understand, but for the people to know that I am the God of all flesh. But now I'm going to restore this house to the greatness that I called it. And the same way I did, and I've spoken to Solomon. Build my house and I'll build yours. He said, Nehemiah, do not come down. Even though they speak against you, God say, I'm going to show you my glory. And God said, you're going to see a manifestation in this house as never before. And those that would come and be a part of this, they will actually have the residue flow down as it did from Aaron's beard. He said, I will now pour out my spirit upon them who come and believe. For I sent my voice to let you know, today I release this ministry into the supernatural realm of expectation. And we will see the glory in every facet, saith the Lord. Father, I release this anointing now. Put your hands to him and in the name of Jesus I release this end time anointing upon you to carry out the fullness of the vision for I will bring the provision and you won't have to worry because I'll bring more than enough saith the Lord No more worry. No more worry. For I am doing a new thing in this house. And the miracle that you have seen for your husband is for you and your family. But restoration is coming for your daughter. I'm going to do a new thing. 
And I'm going to bring her into a place where she's going to know that I am the God of more than enough. For the Lord say, even your grandchildren will know me at a greater measure. Everything is already set in motion, saith the Lord. I pray for this man and woman of God. And I release this anointing now that they will walk in the fullness of the promise. That when they lay down, they would know that you're with them. When they rise up, they would know you're with them. Blessed in the city and the field and in the marketplace. I speak to the blood. I speak hallelujah to the heart. I speak to every part of the extremities. And in the name of Jesus, the Lord says, Son, I sent the man of God to let you know you are healed. You are healed. And you will walk in that healing. Yes, wife a hug everybody come on point your hands to this ministry point your hands you haven't seen nothing yet in this house what the enemy meant for good, evil God is turning around making it for his good now speak what you believe y'all ready I need you to come on guys we're going to pray Pastors, I know y'all sitting down. Y'all need to get back up. Pastors, we're going to minister. Where's the ushers? Ushers, come. You come here. Come on, get you. No, no, I'm talking about the young man. The one that was right here. What's your name again? Hudson. Come. Stand down a little bit further. Move down. Anytime I use an illustration is because God's speaking to me about the person. Who's the parents? Brother, you come in. You come and stand. Yes, come and stand with your, your sons. Can we, we step up some because we got that stuff. Stop right there. Hold hands, you brothers. Three brothers. God's anointing is on your family. I'm going to deal with you first, Hudson. Your name is unusual, actually, but it's actually usual for the kingdom. For the Lord will say, Son, I'm going to use you and take you to nations. You're going to minister to even those that even don't want to hear about the gospel. But God said, I will use you in this time and season. And I will take and I will remove everything that's not like me that would hinder you from serving me fully. And I will bring you out of a place where you've been and bring you into a place where you will know that I have done exactly what I said I would do. For God say the spirit of worship is on you. God say the spirit of intercession is up on you. And God say you're going to preach at a young age. The spirit of Jeremiah is up on you. What is your name? Not like Tom Brady, but that's okay. 
Huh. Mm, how old are you? Okay. Okay, give me the first name, Nathan. Okay. That means, well, Brady, but Nathan. Huh. You're very articulate in some areas of your life. You like certain things a certain way. This is how you are. You, 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 you want it to be exactly like you want it to be. And you have problems at times when they don't line up. But God said, I'm going to use that because you're going to take the gospel and you're going to be precise in what you want the people to hear. And God said, I'm going to take that very thing, if, if I may use it um, this way, uh, how would I say it, Holy Spirit? I'll just use the word articulate. You're very articulate in so many ways. But your mind is always thinking. Because you want to make sure things are right. But God said, I'm going to use that. Now, I don't know. Do you play an instrument? Okay, because that's what the Holy Spirit said. You're going to write songs. There's something about songs. What do you play, guitar? Okay, because in my spirit, I'm seeing you playing. And in your room, I can see God downloading some songs to you. Get ready, because some people are going to be singing your songs in worship. You're the youngest? 16? 15? You're athletic. You like sports. You love it. But the Lord said, if you put me first, by the time you get ready to get out of school, I give you a scholarship to play. There's a little guy named Richard Jefferson who now plays for the Cleveland Cavaliers. I'm good friends with his family. And he, I remember he couldn't even play basketball. And the Lord told me to tell him he's going to be drafted in the NBA. I thought I was crazy. He signed his first contract, $78 million. See, but God sees beyond us. But God say he's going to open the door. But you got to make sure your grades stay right. Okay? Now, some of you might say, well, why are you preaching minister? Because God, now you hold his hand and you get at the other end. No, you hold his hand. Now, God says, five is the number of grace. You've been praying and believing God for your sons. God said, you've been faithful. Now I'm going to show you my faithfulness. Can we get get an entire one on each of their arms? Huh. You're healed. Come on, you stand over here. Here's Shabuku Shedda. You are healed. I bind the spirit of infirmity. Yes, You've been waiting. And God said, now it's done. It's time. I release this anointing on you. In every area, from the top of your head to the soles of your feet. I release this anointing up on you. Oh, there he is. Yeah, that is. Hallelujah. 
Watch what he does. Now, now, uh, now I want you guys to know the pastors and them didn't tell me anything about you guys because people say, well, he talked about it. No. I make sure every time I come to a church, do not tell me anything about anybody because I wanted to be the Holy Spirit. Go and hug your wife because she's healed. Go and hug your mama because she's healed. Come on, guys. Go, come on, family. Okay, this is what we're going to do. We're going to, do, we're going to move quickly. I need you to stand further down. And pastors, yeah, move down further. But stand apart. I'll give you some of these. Okay. We're going to pray, okay? Now, I'm going to tell you right now, I don't have a special anointing. This is for all of us. So people want me just to pray. No. You got a pastor, you got leaders. We're going to believe God. Now, if we don't have enough um, strips, that's okay. The first thing I'm going to do is this. Anybody here do not know Jesus Christ as the Lord and their Savior because that's the most important thing is souls. So everybody's born again. Okay. Your earplugs are over there? Okay. Yeah. Are you ready? Are you ready? We're going to move quickly. This is what we're going to do. We got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. We got nine people here. When me makes ten. Ten is one of the numbers of perfect completion. We're going to pray for you. If you got cancer, we're going to pray and we're going to bind that spirit and break it. If you got sugar diabetes, if you're going through marriage problems, if your children are in the wrong place, if your parents are in the wrong place, if you come believing, God will change it. Now, how are you doing, sir? The gentleman. I know he's probably tired. What is your name? Bruce. Bruce. Are you able to walk? Are you able to walk? With a walker with the greatest difficulty for a very short time. Okay. Okay. Are you, are you ready for us to pray for you? Yes. Somebody bring him and push him up. Come on. I need... Gentlemen, I need a guy. I need a guy. Come on. Right here. Stop, 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 stop. Bruce. I want you guys to help Bruce up. Now, let me ask you a question first, Bruce. Do you believe that Jesus can heal you? Yes. See, that's all I need to know. Okay. Oh, wait, Bruce. Wait, 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 Bruce. Bruce. <laughs> okay. All right. Wait, Bruce. Bruce, wait. Okay. <laughs> okay. Bruce, are you caught on, bro? Uh, now, Pastor, 
I want you to go and put your hands on his ears and pray for his hearing. Now, if you have to go, you can go. Because one thing about me, I do not rush the Holy Spirit. And Because, you know, if we go to the movies, we'll stay for the whole movie. Put your hands on his ears. Pray for his hearing. In the name of Jesus. We release your healing. Now, who who did he come with? Oh, he comes by himself. Oh, all right. Now, gentlemen, this is what I want you to do. I want you to help him stand. But before you do, I got to speak to this girl with the hair that's like this. Yes, 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 you. Yes, stand. I've been trying to ignore you. Yeah, but the Holy Spirit said, I can't ignore you any longer. There is an anointing that's coming on your family that's going to break that stronghold of a generational curse. You and your family have been going through one storm after another, but God said, I'm going to turn it around. I'm going to break it. I'm going to give you victory. And God said, you're going to have a testimony. And your testimony is going to be this. He's able. He's able. Now, I don't know where you're from, but there's a country that God is saying that you're from, that he's going to do some things for family in that country. So I don't know where you're from, but God say you need to let them know that God said, I'm getting ready to change some things. And it's going to happen soon. So, you ready? Okay, just take your time. Help, help them up, help them up. Take your time, take your time. Father, we speak strength into the legs. We speak healing into the knees. They got you, Bruce. Okay, move the chair back. Okay, don't worry about it. Let them do that. Bruce, I want you to look at me. No, no, don't start yet. Bruce, you're ready to walk, okay? <laughs> Just listen. At the count of three, I want you to start walking. Yeah, stand like that. I want you to start walking right here to this young man, okay? All right, on the count of three. One, two, three. Go ahead. Take your time. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Come on, people. Pray in the name of Jesus. Not spectators, but participators. In the name of Jesus. Take your time, Bruce. Take your hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yes, Father, we thank you. We praise you. We glorify you in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Bring the chair around. Bring the chair around. Take your time. One more time. A few more steps and you're going to be done.
drift in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. So who knows Bruce here? Live close to him, or he just come by himself? Okay, so yeah, know him then. Okay, Bruce. This is what we're going to do. Wait, stay right, stay right. Wait, 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 wait. Don't turn him yet. Don't turn him yet. Unhook this chair. Unhook this chair. Okay, unhook this chair. Wait, 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 wait. Unhook this chair. Just set it right here. Come on, come on. Hurry up, hurry up. Now, gently, gently. Gently, gently. tired a little bit but notice that's quite a distance for you yes it is let me ask you one question you you drive so how do you get here to church? Okay. Taxi. Bruce, is this what the Lord is telling me? He's healing the very fragile parts of the bone. That you will be able to walk normally once again. You will like that? Yeah. Okay, you will. So this is what we're going to do one more time. Just want to take your, take your time, get your breath. We're going to turn you around, and we're going to walk you back one more time. But everybody, point your hands towards Bruce, please. In the name of Jesus. see three right now. Three people here. Either you or your loved one is fighting cancer right now. If you're here, stand to your feet so we can pray for you. Cancer. Okay. I hate cancer. I want you to come and stand down here. You guys got the hankies. If you got standing for cancer or whatever, stand down here. Mother, come on. He's the healer. He's the healer.
pray for the bronchial system in the lungs. And in the name of Jesus, we release the anointing of God upon this body. We bind the spirit of cancer and every fiber of her being be healed. Father, in the name of Jesus, we take authority according to the word. She's not too old, Father. Hallelujah, you can still do great miracles. Father, hallelujah, and we know your word is true. And in the name of Jesus, we release that anointing upon this woman of God that she'll be able to breathe without even the oxygen. She'll be able to have fullness of range of motion. And in the name of Jesus, only you can sustain life. So we surrender it to you. In the name of Jesus. Mother, how old are you? How old are you? 78. You're still young. <laughs> God's not done. Who does she come with? Oh, God bless you, man of God. Father, I pray for them as a couple. I pray for longevity. Father, let your word continue to bless them. As he stands by his wife's side, let them realize that you're inside. Speak life, Father, even at their age. For you're not done yet. In Jesus' name. Okay, turn him around. Give your wife a hug. Now his ride is here. Next Sunday, this will, if you come next Sunday, I want you to bring him up, do the same thing. Because God wants you to know it's not the man here, it's the man that's here, that's here. Amen. They, they give, no, they can really take you right now. God bless you. I put them here good praise report. Amen. Amen. Be blessed. Amen. Go and catch your taxi. Okay. You guys that need prayer. Anybody else need prayer? Stand to your feet so we can go. Anybody else need prayer? Just need prayer. Stand to your feet. If you don't need prayer, that's okay. If you need prayer, stand down here. We want you because we want to make sure. Over here. Everybody needs prayer that wants prayer over here. Although you got one. Come on, guys. What I'm going to do, I'm going to minister to them. You that need prayer, stand over here and come to these that are already here. Y'all ready? Y'all ready? Come on. Come on. All right. So, 
You got the people here? Go to somebody. Let them pray for you. Move out the way so they can come. Okay, guys, I need to move over so they can see you guys. All right. People with cancer. I'm dealing with the ones with cancer. All right, guys. Find somebody and let them pray for you.
Yeah. 